from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Coalfield and Company. Rice going to rise up and shoot a three for the right side, and he'll hit it. The Rebels have hit three straight threes to start the second half. Williams made both free throws. Bryce going to lob to Iwako for the slam dunk. And that sets the crowd into a frenzy. All four players in the offensive zone now out in front. No chance to shoot for Stevenson. Centered. Eichel scores. The give and go. Stevenson to Eichel. Patch ready gets the puck. Looks towards center. Finds Stevenson. Protects it. Works his way ahead. Three men across the line. Stevenson scores. No mistake about that one. Empty net goal for Chandler Stevenson. A two-point day. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go on a Monday. Cofield and Company, Willie and Adam Hill are in our Finley Toyota studio. So is Ari, uh, Cofield, Roadie, lovely Reno, getting ready for Reno and your Running Rebels right here on ESPN Las Vegas in just a little bit at 8 o'clock. And uh, Running Rebel warm-up starts at 7.30. Busy, busy Monday, so let's get right to it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Willie, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Hanging in there. Kind of the start of the week after yesterday. I guess yesterday was a holiday or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Feels like Monday. <laughs> It does, feels feel like like, it does feel like yeah. a Monday. You games... guys didn't have a holiday, but at Lotus, we actually did have a holiday. What's up, Adam? Not much. It's good. It's a good week. It's a short week, but uh, a lot going on and a lot of good time to reset for uh, one local team and uh, get ready for a combine for another and have a big game for our Rebels. So Wait, a yeah. lot of stuff going on. Wait a minute. Did you yes. say it's a and, short uh, week? And, yeah. Do we even have long or short weeks in our profession? Sure. Well, yesterday was, as Steve said, there's no, there was no show yesterday, so... Short week, All right. All right. kind of a short week. Yeah, shorter bit. than shorter than normal. Short week for yeah. CNC, and tremendous travel going on right now. And at the end of the week, uh, Reno is the site for me right now. And Adam, I actually think Indianapolis is a top three destination in the entire world for Adam. I don't get it. I've never gotten it. Maybe you can send us some pictures. I don't know, man. There's, I feel like there's some other side deal going on in Indianapolis that we don't know about. I don't understand why the simple explanation is not the explanation. Yeah, everything is confined in a small downtown Look, in a very boring town where the bars close at midnight. Sure, but like when you're when you're there for an event, especially like a Raiders game is one thing. But like when you're there for any event, if you go to New York, which I do love, right, and you're like you text somebody like, "Hey, where you at?" It could be two hours away. I mean, maybe not two hours. You know, it'd be an hour in the, on the subway or whatever you're going to do. Any city, pretty much any city you go, even Vegas, be 45 minutes away. Literally, nobody will ever tell you they're more than three minutes away from you in Indianapolis. Everything is right there in All the right. same spot. So it's very convenient. Yeah. That's why they do so many big events there. Did you check the weather? It sucks. <laughs> it like abso- how sucky? Absolutely sucks. I, heard, I think it's going to be 10 tonight. Oh, God. Yeah. And there's a blizzard on the way. And, it, like, this is the year where it really hits you, Willie. When you go other places and it's still, like, 15, 25, 30 degrees, and Vegas is starting to get to a point soon here where we turn the corner and yeah. start moving towards 60s and 70s consistently. This is the time of year it blows in other places. 
This is the time of year that I actually embrace. I uh, the, What was it, about a week or so ago when it hit the 70s, crept into an 80 one of the days? I did not like that. I looked up and it was February. I don't appreciate it. I like the colder weather. I like wearing the hoodies because, I mean, I'm wearing hoodies into July. So, I, you know, I, I, I'm more than fine with cooler uh, temperatures. The one thing I do not appreciate is wind in this town with dust. Um, but the crisp cold air i'm cool with it now where you're at it's a little chillier yeah it was uh it was probably 25 last night and i like to walk when i get out of town and it was snowing and it was icy so i almost went down a couple of times and nearly broke my ass but uh (laughs) that did not happen i survived um you didn't freeze any parts did you no um you know i have a prodigious uh, schnoz and even that didn't get all icy <laughs> but all the other body i actually i for once i actually under i kind of underdressed i went with a hoodie and a uh, vest yeah and it was a little bit chilly for that especially when the wind picked up but this uh this olympic story that you have where apparently someone's wean like i don't even what does this even mean that is his, well, his wiener froze well, what does that mean he said that he just didn't dress appropriately the condi- it was a I guess the conditions for the men's 50-kilometer um, at the Winter Olympics were not advantageous to the competitors. Extreme winds and cold. The, the race was delayed by an hour and shortened to 30 kilometers to protect participants. Now, here's the problem for uh, 24-year-old Remy Lindholm from Finland. He finished the race in an hour and 16 minutes, but the thin layers of clothing he wore didn't protect him from the winds. He said he suffered from a frozen penis. You can guess which body part was a little bit frozen when I finished, Lindholm told Finnish media. No, I really couldn't. It was one of the worst competitions I've been in. It was just about battling through. Now, here's the problem I got with this dude. Um... Apparently, this isn't the only time it's happened to him. He said that he suffered the same fate during a race in his native country last year. I would think if you've suffered that type of energy, uh, injury, where yeah. you you were afterwards, you have to lay down with a heating pack on your genitals after the race to warm up. I think that you never would want to go through that again. I agree. I agree. I, I'm all about, I'm all I'm all about the need for speed, but give me a break. Isn't that Come also on. why we're not buying the story though? Like, um, you can't claim this twice. And by the way, mission accomplished because he's getting all kinds of, you know, porn deals now. Oh, yeah, is that right? Of course. Like, that's what the, that's what he was going for. This is ridiculous. So he, so, he, so, so he just went through the recovery process of laying on the heating pad just for all, just for. I mean, wouldn't you do that after every race anyway? I would. I don't know if I'd want a heating pack on my genitals. I'd want it everywhere. I just want to live in a heating <laughs> pad. I might, I might take a, a a full heating pad to Indianapolis and get ready. Steve should have taken one to, to Reno. I know. Next, next cold trip, heating pad coming along. The uh, the insulated socks were not enough. I need a, I need a heating pad. Um, so as absurd as that one sounds and as fake as that one sounds, um, come on. Anyone backing Jawan Howard <laughs> after the open hand slap? To the Wisconsin coach's head and then Michigan players throwing punches and kicks. Anyone backing Whoa. this buffoonery Whoa. is clearly trolling or just such a super fan. Come on. Well, you're trolling at this point. It's a Wisconsin player that was the most egregious in, in the in the scrum. 
Um, but I, I don't. I think there's a difference between backing Jawan Howard and actually analyzing what happened. Right. I don't think that anybody's backing him. I think everybody's analyzing the situation. For, and for, and the, to start with, not a punch or a slap. That's clear. It was a slap. He it was tri- an open hand shove. No, he tried to grab him. Yeah, it was like he, he was did, trying was... to grab him. He was too far away. There's too many people in the in the middle. And when you grab somebody and miss, you make contact with them. But he was trying to grab him. That's obvious. And it turned into okay. a shove. So it turned, but it turned into an open hand slap. Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, there was contact with a like. If, if right now everyone out there listening, reach out and try to grab something and fail to grab it. That's what happened. Come here, Ari. Like that. Yeah. That's what happened. So you can call it a slap if you want to, but that's not really accurate. What happened? He went to grab someone, failed to grab them, and by the way, th- like if we're looking at fault here, it's Krabenhoff. That's who's the most at fault in all of this. And that's the Wisconsin I, assistant. Yeah, and and I've I've watched this video. I, I don't know a hundred times at this point. Like, what Jawan Howard was being a baby. And tried to blow by guard, Greg Gard, the head coach for Wisconsin. Tried to blow by him. Tried to do the, I'm just going to walk right by you, shoulder to shoulder, go by you. Guard grabs him, puts his hands on his vest and controls him, which is crazy. Obviously, Juwan let that happen. He could have just pushed him aside. But he, he grabs him, controls him, which I know you would not allow to happen. Um, stands there, listens to him. But then things calm down. Like There's some pushing and shoving and talking. Things calm down. Krabenhoff comes running in, and I have no idea what he said, but watch the face of everyone in that area when he said whatever he said. Watch their face. He said something crazy, and I don't know what it was, but that's what set everything off. And he came running in from out of nowhere and did this. Everybody goes nuts. Juwan tries to grab him because he's put while Krabenhoff is saying whatever he said, he's putting hands on a Michigan player. And Jawan goes to grab him, and then that's where all chaos ensues. And by the way, the the Wisconsin, you know, woe is us. Like, hey, what are we supposed to do? Number zero, whoever you are, you are the only player that needs to be whatever is going to happen, banished for life or whatever. He comes in guns a-blazing, just throwing punches all over the place, and then gets punched in the face, and he's like, whoa, 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 why are you punching me? Dude, you came in and throwing heat. What do you think's going to happen? So nobody's defending that Jawan Howard tried to grab an assistant coach. That he should be punished. But let's not be silly here and be like, Jawan Howard's completely at fault in this. Like, no. Wisconsin was first, third, fourth, sixth to act in this. So let, let's not, I mean, let, let's not pretend that this is something that it's not. Jawan should be punished, and he was. But not all by himself. What do you think, Willie? Is five games enough, and should guard be serving games as well? I think that both coaches should, both head coaches, in terms of just you know the, the positions that they 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 are, they should serve some suspension. Yes, I guess you could. You have to say Jawan Howard because he reached out um, in the, in given the situation, he got what he deserved. Um, I mean, people. It's you could say it one way or the other, right? Half a dozen, six. It's he. The rest of the season sounds worse than five games, but it's one and the same. Um, guard should have gotten probably a game, but I agree with Adam. Where the assistant 
you know, incited. And you, it's funny because as Adam was talking and Ari was setting us up with the monitors, they were going over that and showing it. And you just look at the at the punishments, and Wisconsin had two, whereas Michigan had three uh, people involved punished in this. Um, and and there's more. There's a lot more to it. I mean, if you watch the film over and over again, as Adam said, there are plenty of Wisconsin people that. Uh, were involved, and it's just like when somebody leaves the bench to go onto a court or go onto the field, when they're come running into a pack, I mean that has to be accounted for. You have to be, you have to, you, accountability has to be, you know, spoken for for whomever those people are because you're adding to the fire. Okay, where Adam, where is some young Michigan man doing the audio breakdown or a lip reading expert? Because now I want to know what Kravenhoff said. Well, you see the back of his head. I think that's the problem. There's no angle. Okay, why won't anyone speak? I mean, do, does it matter? Sure it does. Well, I mean, the, the way you were speaking, I mean, he said something terrible. Hey, I mean, how bad was it? I, 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 I don't think it matters. I see the reaction. Like, you can't nobody – nobody went back and doctored the video of the reaction, right? We can all agree on that. The reaction is the reaction. Watch when he comes running in – and watch the faces of everyone that's in that immediate area. Like, that's all you need. And, and again, it doesn't matter what he said. I, I think there's speculation out there what he said. I don't think it really matters necessarily. I saw exactly the reaction that he caused. So whatever it was that he said, I don't think matters. You saw the reaction to it. Well, the penalty is severe because Michigan has five games left, and they probably need to go minimum, what, Adam, two and three to ensure getting into the tournament. One and four, they're asking for it. Oh, and five, they're dead. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really think they're a tournament team at this point anyway. So, I mean, it's... Well, somehow, somehow, some way, because of the schedule they played early and the fact that, you know, the Big Ten has, you know, so many teams in the top 75 that win or lose, you, you kind of stay in that range. So, I think uh, as of the last time I looked at it, they were like 38 or 39. So, quick time out here. Let's get to the other big news of the weekend. And the big news is around, uh, first, an Instagram message, and second, updating what he meant by the Instagram message in Aaron Rodgers. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Here's Kolasar. He scores! Got it through Reimer from the left wing. Clanks off the long post, and Vegas takes a 1-0 lead. And it's Kolasar, his fifth of the season. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Nice day on Sunday as the uh, domination of the Sharks over the years continues for the Golden Knights. We'll get to more VGK news and updates and chatter. In about 25 minutes, as uh, Ashley Weiss will be honest, of course, the ringside reporter with the Golden Knights. We were just talking about a, a really busy weekend around the world of sports. Uh, a lot of college basketball today. We'll get back to Juwan Howard getting suspended four or five games and really no one on the Wisconsin side suffering any real penalty. And Adam is worked up about that. I don't blame him. Adam, how worked up did you get? Because I saw you tweeting about it with uh, Aaron Rodgers and his cryptic <laughs> – IG message or wherever it was, and apparently he had just come out of some sort of cleanse. But as you read it, you're like, all right, he's done. He's actually – he's not just leaving the Packers. He's done in the NFL. I Actually, when I read it, I thought he was just leaving the Packers. 
like I, I last night I read it. And I was like, okay, he's gone from the Packers. He's going to announce that tomorrow. Uh, looking for a new destination because not only was it a cryptic message, but it was also the night before he goes on Pat McAfee show every week on Tuesdays. So it would make sense because he said he's going to announce what he's going to do on Pat McAfee, and it's also the day that franchise tags begin in the NFL, which is when he said it was his self-imposed deadline for when he was going to make a decision. So it's not crazy to think that there was some kind of decision in this post, and then he goes on today, and it's like the biggest numbers the show has ever done. You can see the live video, the live numbers on YouTube, and then Aaron Rodgers right away goes, ah, I see a lot of you guys are watching today, uh, not making a decision or an announcement today. I don't know why. Like, okay. okay. And then- first first of all, is there any prep before the spot? I mean, bruh. Like, for Matthew and crew, we're trying to do a radio show here. You got to drag this out like 17 minutes. We got to get some sponsor pops in here. Yeah. What are you doing? Build yeah. the drama. You would think so. <laughs> you would think so. Right uh, out of the gates, almost like, why, why does anyone think I'm making a decision? Yeah. And then What's he your said, message last night. And then he goes, I don't know why people kept calling it cryptic. I, it was just me being grateful. Like, okay, man. It, it was it was preposterous to say that that wasn't cryptic. Of course it's cryptic. Aaron Rodgers loves the drama. We know that. And he's creating more drama, and that's fine. But he literally did say this was the deadline for making a decision. He said, I'm not going to drag this into when teams have to make decisions on franchise tags, mm-hmm. especially because Devontae Adams. I mean, it, the deadline, of for the, it's not the final day today. That's a couple weeks away. But, you know, they might put a franchise tag on Devontae Adams if Aaron Rodgers stays so they have to they kind of have to tie that in and then he's oh, I don't know why people think it's cryptic. Of course it's cryptic. Come on. Willie, did you think he was walking from the Packers, not from the sport? I thought he was leaving the sport. No shot. No shot. I mean, he he says to my te- in one part of it, he says to my teammates past and current, you are the icing on the beautiful cake we call our job, football. So I mean, he he clearly he's not leaving football. The one, the one area where he, he goes past tense, to the men I got to share the quarterback room with every day. Not that I share with, because below he says to my past and current teammates, so he's still on the Packers, but in that other graph he says to the men I got to share the quarterback room. Not that he's still sharing it with. So there's little ways you can take the sentences, the tenses, past <laughs> present he's clearly being cryptic he knows exactly what he's doing he's a clown if he thinks he's gonna go on McAfee and say oh what are you talking about I wasn't doing anything I was just showing some gratitude I mean come on dude you guys like a I mean how many paragraphs and words is this and and you're and you're putting it out there you're obviously playing on the fans feels to everyone else spread love and gratitude you beautiful people dude how about you just spread some honesty and quit playing games I mean the dude played games before the season <laughs> like anybody's surprised at this that this that this thing of Aaron Rodgers the whole thing about this is he's getting what he wants and that's you me Adam and every other afternoon drive top show in America talking about Aaron Rodgers well to me the most telling part is the end of the current relationship no i mean wasn't that what he was writing about no this is wait this is in the current he says shailene wood first of all did you write the whole name well he tagged her right okay shailene woodley thanks for letting me chase after you the first couple of months after we met and finally letting me catch up to you and be a part of your life thanks for always having my back for the incredible kindness you show me and everyone you meet and for showing me what unconditional love looks like. I love you, and I'm grateful for you. Um, 
he that's just the left shade. out. He just left out. We're done. That's the shade. So this is where Aaron Rodgers plays even more games, by the way, because he knows those rumors are out there that they've broken up. Yeah. Uh, he tags her and you know thanks her. Like, is this an is this a breakup, or is this a Hey, we're still together and don't believe everything. And then he goes. We had on, a good run. We had a good run. And then he goes on McAfee today and he says some silly joke, and there's a female laughing in the background. Wow. And he immediately goes, "Ah, oh, sorry, that's the TV." And there's more laughter. And then all the you know Yoko fans out there who know her laugh from whatever yeah, project it? she's done, which I still don't know. Uh, they're like, that was her. That was her laugh. It was very clear. So now we got to deal with that. So how come Woodley has audio experts, but Michigan does not have an audio expert to find out what Krabenhoff said when he came running in that you said was horrific? I, I don't think we need one. We saw it. Can we get a parabolic mic for both situations? <laughs> yeah. That could be helpful. I mean, playing games... The last picture on the post where he's absent between the two guys is he stands normally stands between. Ooh, yeah. That was moving. That was moving. I mean, come on. Devontae Adams, Randall Cobb, empty space. Playing games. So that all said, if – well, I I don't like Packers fans. So I, I love that he's dragging it out a couple more days. I think this is wonderful. All of them that turned on him this last season, all of them that piss and moan when they come up short in the playoffs, this is all for you. It's all for you, Milwaukee and Green Bay and Wisconsin. It's all for you. Shlomazel. Yep. Enjoy it. As he tugs at your heartstrings. Whew, I thought he was walking. I was I gotta tell you, last night when I read it, um, I like I said, I thought he was walking away from the NFL and I was so disappointed. <laughs> like, I come on, man. This is for the Packers fans, especially those ungrateful ones who crapped on you this year. You know who's more popular in, in, in Milwaukee right now? Carmine the Big Ragu Raguso. That's who. <laughs> was he was he ever unpopular? That's, no, the that's what I'm saying. Stupid, He's, stupid dancing and happy days and Laverne and Shirley. He's much more popular than how, it was overdone. How old are you guys? It was overdone. <laughs> He's the one who brought it up. Both of you. You know what he's talking about. Eddie Mecca was fantastic. Fantastic actor. Fantastic on Broadway. Fantastic on Tuesday nights and happy days in Laverne and Shirley whenever he cameo. Eh. Got annoying. He, he shoved it in the face of the Fonz. Well, you know what? Then there you go. Because Aaron Rodgers is getting annoying. <laughs> Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. I didn't like the timeout being called, and I'll be totally honest with you. Um, I thought it was uh, you know, not necessary at that moment, uh, especially being a large lead. Um, and then for have a timeout um, to be called with three seconds or four seconds to go, um, you know, I thought that that was, you know, what I felt wasn't fair to our guys, and so that's that's what happened. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah, silly beef at the end of the game leads to. As Adam would describe it, a uh, Juwan Howard caress of the Wisconsin <laughs> assistant coach said something horrific and probably deserved it. And by the way, just all the details at the end, uh, Michigan's playing some sort of, you know, full court defense. I don't know if it was really a press. Um, they're doing it against the Wisconsin scrub backups. 
one of the kids loses his shoe, calls a timeout, and then, you know, then they get into it. And we'll get into the whole handshake line thing. I think that's also a really interesting topic. And by the way, we will probably do more of this before the Boise UNLV game tonight. UNLV is taking on Reno, looking for a season sweep. Uh, the game's at Lawler. Uh, there was also a little dust up with Utah State and Ryan Odom, their head coach, and Leon Rice and Max Rice, his kid. Apple doesn't fall far from the tree when it comes to being, you know, sort of a, a baby. And Max Rice, Boise player, was a little too close to a Utah State huddle. And I guess Ryan Odom had something to say about it. And then Leon Rice had something to say about it at the end of the game. So, by the way, second time Ryan Odom has had a dust up in the handshake line because he also had one with uh, St. Mary's and Randy Bennett. So, handshake line not looking like a good <laughs> place right now. I think everything will go well tonight, regardless of the result with UNLV and Reno. But guess what? You never know because they've had issues in the past as well. So, as Adam, well. What'd make, Adam, what do you make of not only the the victory over CSU on Saturday, but the way the Rebels did it, just completely demoralizing the Rams to a point where I thought the last six min minutes, David Roddy was like, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what to do, so I'm just <laughs> going to go crashing in everybody, and I'll try to score, but I am completely frustrated. Yeah, it, it it seems like UNLV is a pretty bad matchup for Colorado State at this point. Uh, we've seen it two times, and Colorado State's only lost four games, and two of them were blowouts at the hands of UNLV. Uh, for whatever reason, Colorado State you know, just doesn't – uh, they can't formulate offense, really. We've seen that in the first half of both games against UNLV, who defends really well. I thought UNLV's effort on the boards in particular was insanely good, uh, being you know up close and watching that game on on Saturday. Uh, that was impressive, and I, I don't think Colorado State was able to match that early in the game, and I, I, I'm not sure if that's what happened last time because I was watching it on TV. It was a little bit different, um, but it definitely seemed like that energy level, that intensity, that effort – uh, just wasn't matched by Colorado State, and uh, oftentimes uh, when that happens, it's, it's tough to kind of overcome that, uh, and I think we saw that. Colorado State just couldn't dig themselves out of a hole. Usually when a really good team gets down that much, you see a little bit of a, a pushback, a little bit of a run at some point. We just never saw it, and I, I just yeah. don't think I don't think they could ever match uh, the you know that effort level that UNLV put on the floor. Yeah, almost identical with the runs or the lack of runs to the first game, um, and really the first game was more about uh, offense because Bryce Hamilton just kept you know throwing the dagger into him, <laughs> hitting shot after shot after shot. But the the thing I was most impressed with Willie is this is a UNLV team that's finally healthy. Uh, they're not known as kind of a rough and tumble physical team, but they went in and I think they decided, hey, we're going to put a lot of bodies on David Roddy. And I warned everyone before the game, you know, some of this is going to be determined by what the referees do. And you know, Roddy at 255 pounds, he's he's a magnet for drawing. Uh, charges against guys who go 180, 190. He got one against Mike Nuga. And from there, I thought the refs were like, you know what? Let's just play. Let's just play. So if you guys want to slam each other, let's do it. And and because the Rebels have a lot of big bodies now in rotation, it's advantage Rebels. Right. And we have had a couple of the coaches on in Carlin Hartman, Brandon Chappelle, and they have both told us that it's been what they've seen in practices and how hard they've gone and really – challenging the players to dig down deep with that hard-nosed attitude to be able to play the bully role and to be able to go out and not back down. So when they have a full roster and when they become healthy, they can put up performances like this. And although Colorado State showed no fight, as you guys mentioned in the second half, 
Um, when a team does fight back, they're going to be ready to counter. They're going to be ready. They're going to stabilize, but they want to establish their presence first, whether they're at home and on the road. And we've been told this, you know, when this team gets healthy, they've felt confident based on what they've been seeing in practices. So I think we're starting to see them come full circle. I think we're going to see their full potential come Mountain West tournament time when it's most important. And if they can make a run, you know, similar to what we've seen in the, in the further back pass now, um, when UNLV may have been in the top of the Mountain West, may have been third, fourth, but made those runs because they were able to draw a little bit of a crowd. Um, the way they dress up the court for the tournament is completely different, so it does feel and look neutral, but it's still in Las Vegas. So we'll see what happens in a couple of weeks here when the Mountain West Conference Tournament comes around and if this team is fully healthy and continues to play with the tenacity it's playing with. Were you mentioning, were you hinting at attendance that, that fans could show up for the Mountain West Conference Tournament? Well, if if they have it in them and still have the the NAD to, to support the local team, absolutely. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think a lot of it's going to be the Rebels have to get hot as a pistol down the stretch here. Because earlier uh, this season, said, I'm sorry. That all said, a media, a media member after the last game was asking Kevin Kruger about the rest of the season. And, you know, is he feeling like they're getting hot? Is he starting to look ahead to tournament season? And Kevin Kruger's like, I'm looking ahead to Reno. And that's that's what they have to do because, Adam, this whole thing down the stretch, they could lose every single game. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they, they, all four games. The easiest game, I guess, you know, on paper would be at New Mexico, but that's suddenly become a little bit of a pain in the keister because they have, you know, their two guards can really freaking score, but they have to be good every single time out because the margin for them, the margin of error is so freaking small. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, that's, I mean, not, they're not the only team in this league that is facing that right now where, you know, <laughs> your season go either way down the stretch. Uh, you could probably win or lose every single game that's on your schedule. Um, they're in they're in a similar boat to a lot of teams, but uh, that's just the the makeup of the conference right now. But yeah, I think for UNLV right now, yeah, you want to close the season strong. You want to have some momentum going into the tournament, but obviously the tournament is what's most important, right? And health, yeah, you know, health going into the tournament because you know you saw uh, Vicky Waco throw down a, just a ridiculous alley oop, and then a play later he goes wildly swinging. After a block shot, and then grabs his shoulder. All right, quick time out here. We'll come back. We'll talk some BGK as Ashley Vice is right around the corner. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Patch ready, left wall shot off the post. The goal rocked on its pegs. The official stops play. They're going to look at this. Patch yeah. ready thinks it's in. Yeah. He thinks it's 3 nothing. He's fist pumping. Back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Let's do it. Gary Lawless, all fired up about the fist pumping. That, that was good stuff. Ashley Vice coming up here in just a second. Giveaway time, 364-1100-364-1100. We got NASCAR weekend coming up in a couple of weekends. We'll give you tickets for the whole freaking thing. How about that? 364-1100-CALLER7. For information and tickets, you can go get your own tickets at LVMS.com. Tickets for a Pennzoil 400 Sunday, March 6th, the uh, the big race, 364-1100-364-1100. Ashley, how you doing? Guys, thanks for having me on. Pretty cool on Sunday. The uh, Knights get an easy win. Eichel gets off to Schneid because people were getting uh, crazy. People were getting all frustrated. And um, 
Logan Thompson with a hell of a coming out party there. Yeah, definitely. It's funny that you talk about the Eichel thing because now you look back and it's three points in his first three games, and it's funny to think that people might have started to get impatient, right? Uh, but like you said, huge uh, opportunity for Logan Thompson as well. He just signed that three-year deal uh, with the Golden Knights about a month ago, so really good for him to get in there, get some confidence, not only you know him get his own confidence, but the organization continue to have confidence behind him as well. So yeah, like you said, an easy win and also a much-needed win just with the rut that was going on. The last thing they needed to do was drop one to a team like San Jose. It was a fun one, though. So Ashley, let's get to the, to the real important goal that night because I had to give Darren some smack in between commercial time. I was texting with him. Uh, you know, Keegan Kolasar's opened things up. That's the big goal of the night. And yeah. he comes back from break, and Darren says, we got Eichel early, and then we got Max Pacioretty, and the Golden Knights are off and running. And then he went to commercial, and I so I texted him. I said, whoa, 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 what about Keegan Kolasar? He got a goal there. I mean, how many times this kid has had a look at the net, and then from way back, and he doesn't think about it, and he snipes a goal in there? Let's talk about Keegan Kolasar. Yeah, well, let's talk about that celebration, too, right? The tongue out. <laughs> I can't believe Darren could have forgotten that. That's going to be burned in my mind. It was, you know, said it all, sticking his tongue out like that, being all excited. And it's funny that you bring it up because we actually asked Pete DeBoer after the Edmonton game when Keegan Kolasar was scratched, kind of what he was wanting to see from him. Um, and he said that he actually is, they've liked what they've seen from him all season just because they said he's been, you know, happy to step up, stand up for his teammates. No one expected him to be able to come in and fill the void of a Ryan Reeves uh, type of player just because Ryan Reeves has been playing that role for so long. But the coaching staff has had a ton of respect for the way that he's come in and tried. Uh, he's not afraid to drop the gloves. We saw that at the end of that game also, uh, that huge scrum from the fourth line. And it's actually funny, I was standing right by where the guys walked off. Uh, and as the fourth line guys walked off, Keegan Colasar was in the back and he said, don't worry guys, just wanted to get changed faster. Um, Cause you know, that was just with about 10 minutes or 10 seconds left in the game. So yeah, that was a big goal for him. He needed it as well. Like you, you think about guys like Max Pacioretty and Jack Eichel meeting goals while well, Keegan Colasar really, really needed one. Uh, like you said, he's gone through a lot of stretches this season where he'll have three or four looks a night. It's just a matter of actually, you know, getting them to go in. And the team's going to need that fourth line to be going. You know, when they were doing really strong on that road trip on the East Coast not long ago, it was because the fourth line was going, right? It wasn't because the top six were going. So definitely big. I'm glad you pointed that out, though, because Keegan Colasar's goal not only got it going, like you said, uh, but best celebration of the night for sure. Well, I'm definitely a, a Keegan guy. He was one of the very first guys at the very first development camps on West Flamingo before they even had a practice facility. So I'm glad to see Keegan because he's been with this team since day one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The team's been able to, you know, develop him the way that they want to as well. And that's important because... You need a guy like that. Uh, you need a guy who's willing to stick up for his teammates. You need a guy who's willing to be physical, which they like about him. But on the same token, under Pete DeBoer, they're wanting to kind of shift the identity of the fourth line as well, right? So not only uh, does that give him a chance to, you know, bond with the fan base, be out in the community. I know he was a big part of the legacy pro uh, project during All-Star Weekend, too, where they're building roller rinks in North Las Vegas. So that's really cool. Um, but also when he's around, it allows the organization to develop him in the way that's you know going to be the best fit for the future as well so definitely good all around it seems like sometimes we can get a sense of what was talked about in the locker room from the press conference and sometimes uh, we can't 
But I think Friday we definitely could. Like Pete DeBoer made it pretty clear that he had challenged the team to say, look, you guys have to match the intensity of these teams that you're playing. These teams are going to come in scrapping and fighting, and if you're not, you're going to lose these games. And we saw them you know, drop a point against the Kings, but saw a really good response on Sunday against the Sharks. So do you think that that is the response that uh, DeBoer wanted when he kind of challenged them on Friday? I think so, definitely. And we heard it a little bit back when they dropped the four games in a row at the beginning of the season. But since then, there haven't been that many times where we heard Pete DeBoer come in after a game and say that he was outbattled. And he very blatantly said that after the Kings game. Whenever he was asked about the team's defensive play, he said, you know, it's one thing to be out of position defensively, and it's another thing to lose all the puck battles. And as soon as he knew that, I think everyone in the room kind of like looked or as soon as he said that, I think everyone in the room kind of looked around because that's when you know Pete DeBoer means business. Uh, I will say the practice the next day seemed pretty light, and the mood around the team seemed pretty light uh, even after that. So I didn't necessarily get the sense that it was – you know, everyone was on edge on their seats, but I definitely think that uh, the message was there and I definitely think that it came across. And also, you know, they're getting to the point of this season where the team actually is looking at the standings. You know, I, I believe it when they say early on that they aren't paying too much attention to it, but right now they have to. And when you're going against a team like San Jose that's been struggling, that's just one you can't afford to drop. So I definitely think they uh, cranked it up a notch, and I'm sure that Pete DeBoer's comments after the game did have something to do with it. Ashley Vice joining us here on the show. You can catch her on the Golden Knights broadcast, uh, but not, not much this week. Pretty light week for the Knights. Do you think this is a good time for this? Another light week, right? It seems yeah. like we can't get away from them. Uh, I don't know if it's good or bad or anything in between. You know, it, earlier breaks, Pete DeBoer talked about how the coaching staff was very strategically planning out what to practice, when to practice. This week, he's taking a little bit of a different approach. He said tomorrow's going to be a full team, hard, long practice. But outside of that, the team was off today. Yesterday was a very optional practice. He said right now the biggest priority is just getting healthy and getting rest. March is absolutely insane. It's I think it's more than every other day. I think it's 16 games in 30 days, which is crazy. And April doesn't really get much lighter than that. And then, as you guys know, once the playoffs come, it's you know you hit the ground running. So I don't know if there's a good or bad time for it, but like we've heard all season, something like it's something every team is going through the the breaks, whether they're convenient or not. Um, the good news is, surprisingly, I was surprised to see that the teams difficulty of schedule moving forward is supposed to be the fourth easiest in the league. That's what it's projected to be as of now. So that's a good, that's good news for yeah. sure. Um, so from that standpoint, yeah, rest up, you know, um, get buy guys some time, you know, guys like Zach Whitecloud are not having to miss near as many games as they probably would have, you know, yeah. because of all of these week long breaks that we've had since his injury. So yeah, hard to say if it's a good or bad time, but it does seem like everyone's making the most of it. Well, the team has a brutal schedule in March. Are, are you ready? Are you hydrated and getting ready for 16 and 30? That's rough. That's a good question. It's uh, <laughs> one day at a time. I take these things like the team takes these things. No, I'm just kidding. Sometimes I look at it and I'm like, when am I going to do laundry? When am I going to do this? I'm not going to lie. It def it, it's a little daunting when you look ahead of it, but on the same token, uh, I feel like we kind of get in the same uh, – 
routine as the players in that it's it's easier to keep up with everything that's going on. It's easier to feel involved in everything when there is games every other day rather than these week-long breaks where I'm kind of like, okay, now remind me what happened, <laughs> you know, uh, just two games ago. Like, I, I could not tell you what three games ago was off the top of my head. You know, I have to stop and stop and look just because everything seems so spread out. So, yeah, I appreciate you asking. Uh, <laughs> hydrate is a good thing. I'll definitely make sure to uh, focus on that this last week of this month. That way I'm ready to go for March. Lost in the conversation a little bit um, around surrounding the Golden Knights because of Jack Eichel and his debut and now his first goal and when he got his first point has been the fact that the starting goaltender at current time is Laurent Brassois and with the backup of Logan Thompson while Robin Leonard is on the shelf. Um, how long do you think that this team can go with Robin Leonard on the shelf? What I mean, Logan Thompson obviously played a great game, but he also played it against the Sharks team that, eh. Um, and where do you see it moving forward in terms of the goalie situation? All right, that's a really good question. Since we don't have the timeline on Leonard, um, you know, I think it's something people are wondering about every day. What I will say is Bressois, he had to come in in early December and play, I think it was four or five games straight. Um, and he seemed to get better and better as he went. So it's hard to say until we can see more from him, right? Because his consecutive start streak got interrupted by Logan Thompson coming in, which is great. Um, but, you know, I think... Brassois is used to having some time off. If Thompson, you know, it, I think it's a situation where maybe the Golden Knights just ride the hot hand until Leonard can come back. But what I think we can be confident in is that both Brassois and Thompson can keep this team afloat during that time. When you look at some of the teams that um, Brassois has beaten um, and had very good performances against, even uh, the Colorado game completely kept the team in it. Uh, not a loss. That's not the way that the team wanted to lose, but Bressois 100% kept the team in it uh, until the third period. And, you know, Pete DeBoer said neither of those goals he felt like were Bressois' fault. So I think they can go as long as they need to, honestly. I think it, in some ways it could be good because at times we felt in the last few weeks like maybe we've seen the team get away from that defensive structure that they need to play with, right? And, you know, when you don't have your normal starting goaltender back there that's kind of a wake-up call for people and you know maybe it's a chance for them to get that process back that they talk about to get that defensive structure again I don't get a sense that anyone's super panicked though um Bersois, although hasn't played the role of a starter has been in the league for quite some time and he's also a very calm cool and collected kind of guy um so I think that's something that the fans should have some confidence in Ashley great spot we appreciate it we'll talk to you soon yeah, thanks for having me. There she is. Ringside reporter with the Golden Knights, Ashley Vice. A couple of days coming uh, coming up here with uh, no action for VGK and the broadcast team. Um, our broadcast team, at least one of our broadcast team, will be out hanging uh, at PT's Pub, Miller Lite Watch Party, UNLV Miller Lite Watch Party. we got another game going down tonight against rival Reno. It's the PT's on Tropicana, right near Maryland, $10 Miller Lite pitchers, lots of UNLV prizes, plus some grand prizes to get in on, including a staycation at the Strat, and you could win beer for a year from Miller Lite. Tyler Bischoff will be on the scene. Tip is 8 o'clock. It's PT's Pub, the Miller Lite watch party, PT's Pub on Tropicana, right near Maryland. Finley Toyota, they'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota. 
running like a Toyota.